This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello, Australia. Welcome to My Millennial Money. I'm Glenn James. Today on the podcast, I'm profiling girls that invest. Sim and Sonia, they are some part-time Insta influencers in New Zealand. They are part-time podcasters, but full-time legends. Sim and Sonia, welcome to My Millennial Monday today. Thank you so much for having us today. We're very excited to have a chat and in all honesty, we can't believe we're here. Well, we're here. I can't believe it either. It is the (laughs) first interview I've done with uh, podcasters and Instagrammers from New Zealand. Uh, Sonia, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Sonia. 24. I'm a Leo. Thank you for having me, Anson. Uh, are you really a Leo? Yes, I actually am. I oh, even posted cool. that we're in Leo season. I'm one of those bitches, so. Okay, but are you one of the star signs that when they rejig the calendar, you've been living a life for the last million years? Did you know no. about that? Yeah, no, they I feel like that's fake news. No, nah, that doesn't real, apply to legit. me. Sorry. Yeah, that's uh, what you I want to believe. You, I respect you. I honour you, but you're wrong. Sim, no. tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, hi, my name is Sim or Simran. I am 24, and yeah, I'm from New Zealand. I'm an optometrist by profession. So Sonia's the one that's actually in the finance world. Um, and yeah, we've been best friends since we've been five, and uh, we kind of started a podcast together. Love it. And you've had such phenomenal growth on your Instagram account. I think you're up to around 40,000 followers, which has been huge in such a short amount of time. Uh, The podcast is going along nicely. Uh, If you are listening to this and you want to hear from another podcast, uh, you can check out Girls That Invest. This is how we're going to go down today. Uh, We're going to ask the girls about them, a few random questions about how they manage money, how they manage life their goals, their aspirations, their deeper secrets, all that stuff. Then we're going to talk investing, what they've learned about investing. And uh, you're in great hands today. You girls ready to get into it? Absolutely. Welcome, Sim and Sonia. Thank you so much for having us. This is such a dream to be here. And yeah, we're really excited to have a chat today. No worries. I really appreciate you... uh, making the time to just have a bit of a chat. Now, for those that are wondering if that was Sim or that was Sonia, uh, that was Sim and Sonia, hello. Give us a voice stamp so we know who you are. Hi, I'm Sonia. And uh, well, let's, we'll keep with you, Sonia, because I want to 
ask about both of you, uh, mm-hmm. your own little mini story. Then we'll talk about your podcast. And then I might get you both to share some tips about investing things that you've learned along the way due to your own practical experience or from other people. So, Sonia, uh, we know you're 24. We know that you're a Leo. We know <laughs> that, um, you know... <laughs> All the good stuff. Sonia, what do you do with yourself? Who are you? You know, what's your deepest fears? What's your greatest dreams? Just who are you? Yeah, all the easy questions. Well, I am a team leader at a contact center. I take care of a customer service team by day and then I do the podcast by night. Um, I've always had an interest in personal finance. I think my brother kind of drilled it in me when I turned 18. He gave me Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I know is like a finance bro book, but it started my interest and I guess the whole finance journey and kind of taking care of my money. Uh, Are you a spender or saver? I'm a spender by impulse. Oh, love it. So am I. (laughs) What are you currently saving for or what's a current goal in your life? I'm currently saving to buy a house. Love it. And Mm. are you in Auckland or out in the Burbs or where are you living in New Zealand? I'm in Auckland. Nice. I live in West Auckland, so a suburb as well. Sweet. Uh, And how long have you been at your current role? Oh, I just got promoted a few months ago, but I've been with the company for a few years. Sweet. Do you like your job? Love my job. Love leadership. Yeah. I always ask people if they like their job because when someone says, I love my job, I get so encouraged personally because it's like, I just love hearing that, that somebody, you know, has been working at at their role for some time and they love their job. And I might move to Sim now. So Sim, conversely, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Sim or or Simran and I'm also 24. Me and Sonia are actually childhood best friends. So we've known each other for 20, 19 years, 20 years. Wow. A long time. Yeah. And um, what I do in my day to day, Sonia is the one that actually works in finance. Um, She works in insurance. I'm the one that has no financial background in terms of university. It was all sort of self-taught. And so I actually work as an optometrist um, and I work in Hamilton in New Zealand. Very good. We've actually got a lot of optometrists that listen to My Millennial Money. So you're in great hands. And How do you know uh, that? uh, Just because when we do our live tour, people say like, oh, I'm an optometrist or when they write in with questions. Uh, So yeah, a lot of optometrists that listen to the show. And so- where did the podcast idea come from and what came first, the Instagram account or the podcast? So the Instagram started like how a lot of things in 2020 started. It was a lockdown idea essentially. So that was sort of March 2020. Um, and the whole idea of Girls That Invest before it was a podcast was I just wanted to create a space for women, um, especially young women, to come to and kind of feel included in terms of the investing world because when I started to invest, there was just nothing for me or nothing that spoke to me and it felt very intimidating. So that's where the Instagram came out. And it, it honestly, it wasn't a big thing at the time. I think we had like seven followers and I was like, that's cool. I'll just keep chugging along. It is what yeah. it is. Um, <laughs> and then I very vividly remember when the podcast idea came and like Sonia had come over. We were literally, do you remember? We were like sitting 
on the floor in my bedroom. And somehow, some way, we just started talking about our money. And so we've been best friends for 19 years. We've talked about everything under the sun, as you can imagine best friends do, but we've never talked about money, which was kind of interesting. And so for some reason, it just started and the conversation flowed. We talked about how much we made. We talked about how much we've saved. Um, And at the end of it, I was like, this is such a great back and forth. Imagine if we could do this and just encourage other women to do this with their friends. And that's kind of how it came about. And yeah, it's just fat. I'm just like, I'm looking down because I'm writing notes. I'm not uh, reading yesterday's news or anything like that. But I wrote <laughs> down like that accountability and almost a, a tipping point when you opened up to each other about your money. Like, did it inspire each other about doing well? Yeah, I'd say so. I think, I think what I got from it was just so easy to talk to Sim about money. Like, I think you have reservations in terms of when you're talking about certain things with people, but it just felt really natural. And then we recorded our first podcast and we're like, do we really do this? Yeah. (laughs) And how many, how long, so the podcast's been going about a year now? Just under a year. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. You'll, uh, you'll look back one day and like I do, I, I think back to our first few episodes and I can't believe that went up, but you just you just got to do it. You got to get out there and you got to build stuff and uh, just encourage people. But you know, your Instagram's got what like close to forty something thousand followers. Yeah, forty two, like, forty two thousand. Yeah, that's just so crazy. Uh, because I know, you know, when I started, obviously we started from scratch, and we've had to really like be consistent with our content. And I think we're only around the same you know, type of followership. Uh, And what do you think it's come down to, um, to get that type of audience? Like, what are you doing to encourage your followers? I think um, with Instagram, what I do in terms of creating content is just what I would have wished I could have seen when I was learning. And that's really Mm. like the core of it. Like a lot of And people might want to talk about like getting the right hashtags or the right um, time of posting. But for us, it's just been just post stuff that I wish someone had taught me. Like an older sister was just like, look, this is how to do it. Or this is a bit of encouragement. Just remember that you are allowed to be in this space. And that's really where it's come from. And in all honesty, there weren't many, if any, investing education Instagram accounts for women when we started. And so I think that's essentially why it's blown up so much because it's such a niche, but yet such an Mm. untapped community. Yeah, absolutely. And Sonia, what's your, um, how has it changed for you having to help with the content? Has it helped your own personal life with your own accountability? It's like, well, I'm doing this now. So I've got to step up to the plate and not spend every living freaking cent that comes into my life. (laughs) And I'm talking about what I have to do. um, (laughs) How's it changed? Yeah, I love the accountability bit because I feel like if I spend something and we're currently doing a low buy year, so I feel like there is a lens on me and everyone knows that I'm doing it as well. So if I whip my card out to buy a coffee, everyone everyone at work is like, are you sure you want to do that? Like, have you budgeted for that? I'm like, thanks. I just want a coffee. You know? Yeah. 
we will get into some tips that uh, I've asked you girls to put together uh, around investing. But just on the pragmatic money side, Sonia, how do you manage your money day to day, week on week? Um, I have set up automatic payments to my savings and to my investments because, again, I'm an impulse spender. If I didn't have those already set up, I wouldn't hit my savings goals or invest into my, I guess, accounts. Um, But I actually review my finances on a quarterly basis. I like the idea of trusting myself and knowing that my automatic payments are going where I need them to be. And I think a quarterly basis is what works for me because otherwise I freak out. Otherwise I'm like, am I really doing the right thing? And I question every Mm. single thing that I've set up. So that's how I review my finances and it's aligned with the financial year. So I've just done it for the past year. Yeah. And so as a spender, how do you govern yourself other than the automation? Do you have any low hanging fruit or hacks that you've used in your own life? So I have a separate account called Splurge and my Splurge account has a Visa debit. So I know if I'm using that card, that's money that I can spend. Um, With the low buy year that I'm doing this year, I've already got rules in place for spending. So I know when I can spend and when I can't spend, but I was one of those people that got on the barefoot investor train pretty quickly back in 2018. So I'd set up all my accounts and that's where the automation came from. Um, Yeah, perfect. I spend from splurge. (laughs) Love it. Sim, how are you managing your money on a uh, week to week basis? I'm Pretty similar with Sonia in the sense that I like to have everything automated and I just don't like to think about it too much, but I'm also a huge control freak. And so I'm like a huge Excel spreadsheet kind of person. And essentially what I do is I kind of budget for the year, like every single thing that I need to spend, whether it be like the $300 for my car insurance, it's a very shit car, $300 for my car insurance (laughs) or, um, you know, all these subscriptions. And I'm like, okay, Every week I should therefore be able to save X amount and therefore X amount goes into my savings account and everything else is accounted for. And, yeah, I basically give myself a small amount of money to spend. I'm not a big spender, but I think I'm one of those people that spends in waves. Like I can go months without buying anything for myself and then I'll buy one thing and then three things and then I'll be like, stop. And then I'll just keep going. <laughs> and what's your relationship been with consumer debt over the last, you know, five years uh, coming into adulthood? It's been like thankfully quite good. I grew up in a family where um, my parents just never had consumer debt in the sense that we just didn't use credit cards to buy things. If we bought anything, it was with cash. And the idea was if you paid with cash, um, you could negotiate a little bit. And I think it's a very common story with a lot of immigrant families. We just, yeah, live, well, in general, live below our means. I remember when my family first moved to New Zealand, we had like plastic chairs for couches and we had like mattresses on the ground instead of like bed frames. And as my parents settled in, we started buying things and it was sort of instilled into me in a very young age to just not use a credit card. So I think they're great and they have use and my parents use credit cards to get the rewards, but they don't use them to buy things that they didn't have the money for. 
Where did you uh, immigrate from? What's your heritage and how old were you when you arrived in New Zealand? So I came to New Zealand when I was two and I came from India. I always wanted to go there. But uh, two years old, um, we can understand why the New Zealand accent is very thick because that's what you got. (laughs) Sonia, what's your latest proud money moment? And while you're thinking about that, Sonia, uh, your latest proud money moment, I just want to say um, I have not prepped any of these questions. Uh, We're just having a bit of a chat (laughs) and because I just think it's so fun to just see where the conversation goes and, you know, just pick up one or two things from other people and their story about money that we can apply. Uh, So, Sonia, do you Mm -hmm. have a proud money moment? My proud money moment is not spending money. (laughs) Like I I don't know if that sounds a certain type of way or if it paints me to be like so impulsive, but um, I have a lot of events coming up and usually if I have an event coming up, I'm like, oh shit, I need to buy a new dress. Like I can't wear the dresses I've, people have already seen me in and I have a no, birthday weekend no, coming up. It's, it's no, crime. Yeah. It's <laughs> so embarrassing. Like why would I do that? And <laughs> my prime money moment is not spending money on this event. <laughs> I'm so sorry if that's not what you're looking for, but I literally no, couldn't no, think of anything No, else. that's fine. <laughs> so- Let's get into some investing stuff. You know, the girls that invest, what type? So in Australia, we've got like the micro investing stuff, Ray's, Spaceship, uh, Vanguard, Personal Investor. What type of products are in New Zealand? New Zealand um, has more sort of investing platforms where you're buying individual stocks or you're buying index funds as opposed to things like, is, is Ray's the one where if you buy something, it like rounds it up and then invests it yeah. into it? Yeah. yeah. So we don't actually have, I don't think we have anything like that. Um, mm. So if anyone was interested, like New Zealand doesn't have that. But uh, New Zealand has <laughs> kind of been just yet, yeah, buy the individual stock of Apple, buy the um, index fund of Vanguard, S&P 500, and that's really the only types of products we've been exposed to, which um, in all honesty has kept it quite simple. And Mm. only recently have the big investing companies opened up things like investing in the US markets has only recently become quite easy investing in Australia. Um, The Australian market has only, I think, happened like end of last year or early this year, so it's still quite new but yeah right yeah it's quite similar but not the exact same so do you guys have uh vanguard diversified index funds there not many really yeah so if um i'm just thinking like if you wanted to get exposure to uh you know the new zealand stock exchange australian markets um the us markets like what's the main go-to with you know your portfolio? Like how do you set up? Uh, and that could be a, a question that we might answer at the end, like how you're both investing. Uh, mm. So we might just park that there. Uh, but let's get into some tips. So give us some learnings and some tips of what you've both learned uh, recently and along the way about investing. Did you just point at me? Do you, you want me to go first? first? Do you want? Uh, yeah, she's a bit subtle. She's okay. like, yeah. Do you go first? Okay, cool. <laughs> I think my biggest learn is just 
taking time to understand it all. Like you don't have to be the smartest person on the planet to understand investing, but if you know how you learn and how you retain information, I feel like starting the journey is a lot easier. Like, do you like YouTube videos? Do you like podcasts? For me, the way that I started my journey into this whole into this whole thing was I signed up for this. We have a micro investing platform called Hatch over here and they do like a beginners to investing course. And it's like over the course of 10 days, they email you and it's like bite-sized pieces of jargon and what to know. So I think that really helped. That would be my so biggest. So that edu- education starting. is the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Sim, do you have a point? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I learned or the biggest um, thing that surprised me was before I began investing, I had this idea and I think a lot of us kind of fall into this trap where we think investing is this thing that is really like high energy, high intensity. You have to like be in and out really quickly. And I still thought you did it on phones. Like I didn't realize you could just log into an app or log into a website and buy the stock that you wanted Um, because all you... All that you see or get taught if you're not in the finance world itself is what you see on the media and, you know, what you see in movies, essentially. So the thing that really surprised me was the idea that index fund investing or investing, you know, passively was actually surprisingly better long term in terms of the likelihood of doing well. I had always thought that you needed to be very... Like, like Sonia said, clever and be able to know, you know, what company or stock is going to skyrocket and have all this insider information somehow. And so with a lot of research, like I learned that in the US, fund managers hurt people that get paid to sit down and choose what companies to invest in. Only about 3 to 5% of them actually beat just passively investing in the stock market over a 15-year period, which is insane. And so there was a bet that Warren Buffett made with um, some hedge funds, and he said, S&P 500 on one hand, hedge funds on the other, let's see over 10 years, you know, who does better? And if I was to answer this question five years ago, I would have said hedge funds, like, without a doubt. But surprisingly, it wasn't. So... That's honestly been the biggest learning for me and it's a good learning because it's just makes it a lot easier really. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, you don't have to overcook it and there are options and five years ago there weren't the options that were available today. Absolutely. So, you know, anyone can jump in and just get started. Mm. So Sim, what else have you learned along the way? One of the things that I also learned was the idea of patience and knowing that it's not necessarily what you pick initially or when you pick it, but the idea of just riding the wave and if your stock goes up or if it goes down, not you know reacting emotionally to it, which is a lot easier said than done. And I remember one of the first investments I made was in Amazon and I think it dropped like $2 or something. So ridiculously small and I was like nope I'm out and and then I I sold it and then I was like no Simran what are your principles you need to <laughs> you need to write it out and then I bought it back and this was when brokerage fees were like eight US dollars um per transaction so I think I lost essentially 24 dollars in that but that was probably the biggest thing I've learned just to 
let it be, just to let it ride out. So on that, it's like, so Sonia, you say you kind of do a quarterly review of your money and your finances. Uh, do you find it hard not to keep looking at your investment account or do you kind of just pump it and only come up for air every three months and look at it? Uh, how, how have you found this patience thing? Um, absolutely not. I don't find it difficult to not look at it. I love not looking at it. I love just <laughs> <laughs> trusting myself and not baking, making, um, I guess, emotionally charged decisions every time I look at my money. Um, I think Sim and I were very opposite in that sense because I remember she'd wake up and the first thing that she'd check is like her stocks or like the stock market. How's the stock market doing? I am happy to be oblivious and just check it every quarter <laughs> to see if I need to change anything. I think part of that comes from me trying not to overwhelm myself with numbers and other people's opinions and like listening to like, I'm more than happy to retweet a meme about like GameStop, but mm. I don't want to buy buy it. Yeah, yeah. I'm very totally. much so that person. So I don't find it difficult at all. Thank you. Yeah. So the patience. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And Sim's going to share a couple more bangers. So we'll be right back. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Okay, we're back. And Sim, tell us some more investing gold. I'm hanging off every word. I need your advice <laughs> slash not advice not slash advice. assistance. <laughs> oh, another sort of huge learning curve that I experienced, and I think a lot of investors when we start off experience is the idea that there are different levels of risk when it comes to investing. And I was definitely one to think that, you know, Investing, you just put your money in and you kind of cross your fingers, cross your toes, and if it works out, great, and if it doesn't, like, bummer. And what I really appreciated was learning the fact that there's different levels of risk and you don't have to be someone that loves a lot of risk to invest. You could be someone that loves bonds and bonds are, you know, one type of investment that still carries risk by all means, but it's not the same level of risk as cryptocurrency. And so there's almost like a spectrum of things that suit different people. And if you see someone and you think, oh, you know, they're taking on a lot, I'm not like that. That doesn't mean it's not for you. It just means what they invest in might not be for you. And I found that quite helpful because, yeah, like sure, there's risk. There's a lot of risk, but it doesn't mean it's like gambling. You can almost dial it up and down to suit your personality. Yeah, and I think people, when they say investing in shares is like gambling, it's just, it's so not true. And it just means that person who honestly believes that doesn't actually understand. Sonia was saying it's like, no, before you do anything, take the time to research and understand. And it's not all about the best return because, you know, Bitcoin, someone might say, oh, you'll get 100% in a year. Well, that doesn't mean I'm going to go and put all my money in Bitcoin because they understand it's highly speculative. It's mm. highly risky. 
and I'm just not putting that much money at risk. So, yeah, absolutely. Understanding risks is such a major point of uh, investing. Now, Sonia, I want to ask you a question. Do you find investing in your life has been easier making sure that your personal finance um, structure, flow and all that is stable and you're not kind of in a bucket load of debt over here? Like, do you find having order and peace in your money makes it easier to invest? Absolutely. I think I played my cards right before I or like took the appropriate steps, if you will, before I started investing because I already had six months of income in an emergency fund. I was debt free at that point. I paid off my student loan. So, and then I started investing. And I think if anything were to happen, I'd pull from my emergency fund, right? I'm not looking to take out my investments um, anytime soon. I am more of a buy and hold type of gal. Um, So I'm only going to look at that. Um, so am I, Sonia, so am I. <laughs> um, thought so. We just get along like this. Um, <laughs> just fire. But, yeah. It's just a house on fire right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think that's important because it made me feel safe and I had my safety net and then I was comfortable with investing in the risks that come with it because every type of investment has certain levels of risk. You just got to know what you're comfortable with. So, definitely. Yeah, it certainly does make your life easier in every area, not just in investing, if your day-to-day cash flow and personal finance is sorted. Uh, What else have you learned, Sim, with investing on the side? I think the idea that investing is something that you can start a little bit earlier than you might have thought. So again, me five years ago, if you had asked me like, okay, like when would you see yourself investing? I'd be like, oh yeah, like probably when I have a boat and when I've got a nice house and when I take my children to the south of France, that's probably when I would also be investing my money. The idea that investing is something that you do once you have money as opposed to when you're maybe a bit younger just did not occur to me. And I think that was quite a pivotal point because it also taught me about this idea called compound interest and the idea that the essentially the younger you start once you've got all your stuff sorted in the same way that Sonia was mentioning, you know, like not having debt and not um, having consumer debt. Once you've got all of that sorted and you're in the position to invest and you're comfortable to invest, the sooner you start, the better off you essentially are. And there's this idea that if you invest, um, you know, in your 20s, the money that you have in your 60s would be a lot more than if you started investing in your 40s with even more money till the time that you were in your 60s. And so starting earlier and understanding that you don't have to put in hundreds and thousands of dollars every year, you can put in the one grand a year if that's all you can save up. And if you do it slowly and if you do it over time and you're comfortable with the risk, um, I think it's definitely something that I would have started sooner if I'd known. Do you have any kind of... Uh, dogmatic percentages that I always invest this amount of percentage Mm -hmm. or do you just spend your money and go, okay, this is left over. I didn't spend that much that I thought I'll throw that in. How do you go about your own investing? I'm a huge believer in paying yourself first. And so what I try to do is 
when my income comes in, the way that it's sort of structured is first it goes to my savings and then a larger portion now goes to my investments. And then within my investments, I try to keep 90% of it just, you know, basic, non-fuss index fund investing. It's just easier for me. And then with my personality, I do like to keep a little bit, 10% just for fun investing. So cryptocurrency, um, investing in individual stocks that I like do a little bit of research in and go, you know what, I think this might do really well, but if it doesn't, it's 10% of my investments. It's not going to kill me. So that's kind of what my approach is. Yeah, sweet. I've found in my life, if, you know, I go, oh, I don't know if I can like stretch myself to not spend as much because I want to invest more. Just set that monthly thing up that goes into your investment account, factor it into your spending plan. Mm. The time's going to pass anyway and you don't actually miss the money. It's crazy. Yeah, I can definitely attest to that. Like the longer the time went on from when I began investing to now, the longer I started to realize like there were things that I thought I really could not live without that with time you just, you don't miss. And then you also realize what you do miss and those become staples and things that you do like to have. Like for me, I love eating out and I will budget eating out once a week. Yeah, love it. (laughs) Um, Whereas I don't mind coffee at home. Like I'm not necessarily fussed about it. I thought I would be. I um, grew up with lots of coffee enthusiasts around me. But you realize what you can live with and what you can't live with. Um, And, yeah, it's really interesting what happens if you just allow yourself to spend more time looking into your finances. Do you have a, a coffee machine at home? No, I just use, I don't even know what it's called. This just shows my level of knowledge. It's instant coffee. It's instant, okay. It's instant coffee. (laughs) So they call that coffee, do they? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just the way you said it. You were like, she uses instant coffee. Yeah. You don't need a brand name. It's literally just instant coffee. Yeah, fair enough. It's a good brand. Um, Well, hey, if the shoe fits, wear it all day long. (laughs) Sonia, I didn't ask, what's your heritage? Oh, I'm from India as well, but South India. Sims from North. Yeah. Wow. Rivalry much? I know. (laughs) I I don't even know. Is there a (laughs) North-South rivalry in India? Uh, A little bit. Probably shouldn't go into that. No, no. no. (laughs) Another episode. And when did you... Yeah, that's right. When did you immigrate to uh, New Zealand? I was four. So my family oh. came here when I was four. Cool. With my brother and my parents. So similar time frames. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys get over to the main island much? <laughs> Sorry? Say that again. Do you, do you, <laughs> are you Say zinging rather? me? Are you? What'd you say? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Do you guys get over to Australia much? (laughs) My brother actually lived in Australia for 10 years and came back um, last year. He lived Um, in Melbourne. He used to live in Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah, So when he lived over there, I was over like every two ish years. And then now. Must love your brother. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I hate this one. I'd say. (laughs) But, um,. Now I don't really have a reason to go. <laughs> so Fair don't enough. anticipate me going. 
And you can't get here at the moment anyway, so. Exactly, because you guys are. Well, I think it was your people who closed the border (laughs) last time. (laughs) Are we having this discussion now? Uh, I don't think so. It's irrelevant. Uh, So any other final kind of investing points that you want to get across? I think just starting. I think that's always the hardest part. I think with anything like with saving and with investing and setting up your auto payments, it kind of becomes addicting. Like, oh shit, like I've saved this much. Let me put more into it. Let me keep going. It's quite motivating seeing that number go up and um, seeing your money work for you. So I'd honestly just start. Yeah. Start with a YouTube video. Start with a podcast episode. Ours. Getting encouraged. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to listen to Girls That Invest, you can find that wherever you're listening to good podcasts, even if you're listening to this one now. Stop right now and go and subscribe and have a listen to Girls That (laughs) Invest. So a recap of these points, and I might ask permission for my um, social team on behalf of them if we can turn your points into one of our Instagram carousels uh, because I think they're good points. Uh, Take the time to understand your investing and get educated. Uh, Understand that passive investing or index investing is really easy. I can't read my own writing. Um, (laughs) Patience. There we go. Um, Have patience with your investing. Understand risks. You can start as early as possible. Like you really can. There's no age barrier, only maybe 18 to start an account uh, and just get started. The smallest start is still a start. So some final words, Sim, I didn't actually ask what your current goal was. Sonia's saving for a house. What's your current financial goal? I think my current financial goal is finishing my house renovations essentially because they get pretty costly, um, especially when you're a first home buyer and everything you have owned has been put into a house deposit. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And Mm. I I think it's important as well. Like I, I was talking on a podcast the other day about goals and all this and someone's like, what should we do? It's actually okay not to really have a goal. It's okay to enjoy the moment. It's okay to just, you know what? We're just happy saving. I'm just happy investing. Uh, I don't need to always be uh, foot to the floor, go, 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 go. Enjoy your money, enjoy your life, give, save, spend, do it in that order. Uh, So if you are listening and you don't have a financial goal, that's okay. I would say uh, it's very healthy to have different goals in your life for different things at different times. Uh, But certainly we go through ebbs and flows and particularly this COVID uh, season that we're in with in Australia, we're in lockdown every 10 minutes and all that stuff. It's okay to just be like, I'm just chilling. It's all good. Uh, Just keep out of consumer debt, spend less than what you earn and that's okay. You will be fine. Sonia, what's important to you about this podcast that we're doing today? Gosh, that's a hard question. I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) I like your humor. (laughs) She's so funny. Shit. (laughs) Yeah. It's important. I think the last point that you made is super important because I think I'm at a point where I'm kind of tired of being busy and constantly working towards something. So if you're just chilling and you know that your finances are going where they're supposed to go in terms of your auto payments, that's pretty, I think that's a pretty good mindset to kind of start Mm. being in. Um, But yeah, I just hope that people got a few 
a few gems here and there from Sam, notably. <laughs> no, but I, I think yeah. it's – I wanted you both on here because you're both doing a great thing in New Zealand. Uh, I want to, um, you know, give you some – uh, exposure here uh, on the mainland. Cough, cough. Uh, I want to. Oh. Uh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I was going uh, to come in landlocked. Like, <laughs> sorry, not the mainland. Enjoying no sorry. lockdown. Yeah, that's right. The West Island. <laughs> um, I yeah, I just want to like introduce people to you as another legitimate option to be encouraged from um, and to learn from because you know I can only encourage people to my level of whatever. And if someone wants more options to be encouraged by, um, you know, different approaches and different styles, well, it's certainly a good thing to, you know, give you both some exposure to my audience. So uh, you're welcome anytime. Any last words, Sim? I think what Sonia said is um, pretty spot on. And I think the only thing I wanted to say was, that there's so many things in life where you feel like it's not for you. And for me, investing was one of them. There's a lot of times where you see sort of like a a group of people or a circle or a, a hobby and you feel like you're on the outside and you think, you know what, it's not for me. I'm not even going to bother. And you almost put a stop on yourself when no one's stopping you but yourself. And that was absolutely me. Um, when I began my investing journey. So if you just give yourself permission to at least start learning about it, giving your permission to think, you know what, I am capable of investing. I am capable of understanding this. Um, That's probably the biggest thing I would like people to take away from this. Yeah, perfect. Well, thank you, girls that invest. We'll see you next time you're on My Millennial Money. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. No worries. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.